It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things oh where, and I'm slowly starting to meet more people. And it's funny because mm-hmm. when I meet them one time, after that is when I see them all the time. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm going to see you. Oh, absolutely. All the time yeah, we're stuck now. together now. Sorry, yeah, that's it's cool. Just gonna happen. That's fine. And that's how it is with everybody. Like I get adopted by everybody. Good. Yeah. You need family. I do. Absolutely. Oh they, my gosh. See, see, this is this is what I mean. How did we not know each other before today? I don't know. Oh my goodness. So you did you grow up here? Are you from yeah. Columbus originally? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I grew up um, close to. I actually grew up in the Linden area because you know Linden is in the process of. You can say gentrification. You can yeah. say different projects being thrown at Linden right now. But yeah. I grew up in Linden when it really wasn't too much of that going on. Mm-hmm. And that's when I ended up moving when I was seven years old to the driving park area, mm-hmm. close to where Children's Hospital yeah. is. So, and even the hospital area has changed so much. Yeah, it's taking over the whole block. I mean, that's good. You <laughs> know, we, good. We, but it, not for the, yeah, not for, for the living there. For the people that have lived yeah. there for a long time, it's, it's it's not good for them. Yeah, it's definitely good because you want to have more space for uh, people that need to be served in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You want people to have more jobs, but um, when the people, the tenants that have lived there for a long time, don't have the money mm-hmm. to pay, that's not. Do good. they just get? What do they? What do they tell them? Like some people get you know some people may be on section eight and mm-hmm. some people are also homeowners as well yeah. some people uh you know can be offered hey i'll buy your house mm. and the per it might be a nice amount of money and the person is like well i'll just take yeah. the money and i'll move somewhere else uh, a person that may be on section eight just moves to a option. different side of town yeah. so it's um let's say gentrification is cool depending on who you are very true Depending on who you are and what size you're on, it's a great mm-hmm. thing. But, yeah. But um, the other side really isn't too good. Right. Especially if you don't have the option. You just have to up and go. Mm-hmm. Wow. So tell me about your childhood. Um, <laughs> Do I sound like a therapist? No, tell, me, <laughs> tell me about your childhood. Which part? I got so you, you grew up this. in the Linden area. Mm-hmm. You stayed there for how long? I stayed there for seven years. Okay. Um. Cause I, it's like it's so many different stories I could tell you. Yeah. Yes. I mean. What took you from London? Uh. Well, we ended up moving. Yeah. Me and my my parents ended up moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I said the Linden area was. At that point in time, I didn't know that I lived in poverty. Mm. Um. So I had both of my parents, my mother yeah. and my father, and a lot of times, you know, when it comes to families and depictions of African American families that mm-hmm. live in poverty, it's just the mother. Uh, the father's not present. Yeah. Um, there may be all types of things going on inside of the house, mm-hmm. but that wasn't my That's life inside case. of my house. Yeah. 
my neighborhood, yes, but inside my house, no. My mother and father worked together all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no abuse yeah. inside of my house. Right. No, n- nothing of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have to fight for my parents' attention. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. I always had something to eat. Yeah. But uh, I recognized that as soon as I stepped outside of my house and I would go over a friend's house or if I would look across the street or, or, or just walk to the corner store, Things would be completely different, mm-hmm. and it was confusing to me. Yeah, because once again, that wasn't what was going on inside of my house. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand why my friends didn't have things yeah. to eat. Yeah, or where their father was. Yeah, or what was going on inside of the environment to where they didn't live the way I lived. Because I'm like, everybody's supposed to live like this. Yeah, you know, that's what you understand. Yeah, so. But now that I'm older, yeah, and I have a better understanding of what poverty is, mm-hmm. how it impacts families and people, and how sometimes if we don't uh, address the system, if we don't address systems that have been set in place for a long time, and we don't make necessary changes, mm-hmm. and we don't make investments, yeah, things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And now that is about twenty years later, I'm still seeing children that I went to school with. I'm seeing like manifestations and recreations mm-hmm. of them in the same exact uh, situations and positions. Yeah, and this is 20 years later. Right. So. So not enough has changed, really. N- nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Do you have siblings? I have an older sister. Okay. She's still here in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's interesting, me and her was talking about uh, the other day. We were talking about the school that we went to. Mm-hmm. We started off at a pretty, a pretty good school. Mm-hmm. And but we were the minority. It had to be about I, my sister says it was more, but I promise you, I could count on one hand how many black students was at the school. Really? Yeah. And this is what you're. If you don't this mind was, me this asking was, your uh, age, no, no, that's, that's fine. This was when uh, I was kindergarten. It Do you remember the year? Oh, ninety five. Okay. Okay. Ninety five. And but I didn't think too much of it because really? the atmosphere was so yeah. so great. I'm like, yeah. oh man, this like is amazing. Yeah. I love it so much. But um, the following, but everybody wanted to go to this school, mm. and they were pretty much at capacity. So yeah. they made some changes about you know bus bus rides, right. and um, they told people like you know we're at capacity, so we're gonna have to go to a different school. So we ended up going to a different school, and. Once again, my earliest interaction and um, my my earliest um, just my my depiction of school was based off that experience. Yeah, but that's all. That's, that's, that's all you knew. Yeah, that's all I knew. So when I yeah. switched schools, I thought it was going to be the same exact thing, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It, the, the teachers was different. The mm-hmm. food was different. The school yeah. was different. And as a kid, once again, I was confusing. Mm-hmm. It left me bothered and angry and it yeah. when it come I had some serious issues when it came to connecting with people of different well specifically white women mm-hmm. I had because they were my teachers and mm-hmm. they interacted with me differently than my parents interacted with me and they were my authoritative right. figure on a day to day basis obey so it was kind of yeah. it was confusing because right. once again like I said it's a lot of depictions of how 
households could be for yeah. young African Americans, uh, right. boys and girls. Mm-hmm. But my parents did not yell, so when my mm. teacher would yell at me, I didn't know how to respond. Right. I'm confused. Like I, yeah. I messed up. I'm yeah. doing something wrong. I'm a bad kid. That's scary. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it messed me up, and I, I really became apprehensive mm-hmm. to you know to trust my teachers. Yeah. So I wouldn't do much in the classroom after after about third grade. I stopped mm-hmm. doing things in the classroom. Yeah. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to put the wrong answer down. I didn't want to yeah. be seen by my teachers. I didn't want to get in trouble. Do you feel like you just kind of tried to stay more in the background then? Oh yeah, just, I definitely. I yeah. did that all the way up to the high school. Okay. Um, all the way up to high school, it yeah. transitioned a lot from. Um, at first, it was. At first, it was like fear, mm-hmm. and then in middle school, it was I'm just going to distance myself yeah. to where I won't have to have any interactions. That yeah. way, if I'm not seeing, nothing's going to happen. Right. In high school, it turned into anger and frustration, mm-hmm. and I, I purposely would try to sabotage mm-hmm. teachers with. <laughs> I, I would purposely try to sabotage some of my teachers and do things that I knew I wouldn't get in trouble for. Yeah, because. Um, you when you start observing and paying attention you recognize that sometimes teachers don't get along with each other mm-hmm. sometimes teachers aren't big fans of the establishment sometimes mm-hmm. the principal and the teachers yeah. aren't seeing eye to eye yeah so i was using that to my advantage and i knew certain teachers that did not get along with the principal at the time mm-hmm. i would go to the principal and tell mm-hmm. them what my teacher didn't do yeah. And I will watch my principal kind of pick on the teacher. Uh-huh. And then I'll tell the teacher what my principal was going to do. <laughs> so the principal, so I was, I, I Just had kind of working the forces. Yeah, it, but it was, it was easy to do because nobody else was doing it. So you used a little detective powers of observation. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, after I was like, I, I'm going to I cannot go through this. Y'all are not going to upset me. Y'all ain't going to yell yeah. at me. Y'all ain't going to yeah. get on my nerves. No, I'm, a, I'm going to make you pay. So would you say that, like, you said kind of in middle school, you just sort of stepped back and just kind of, do you feel like, I don't know, I just, I sense from you just like the power of observation, like just really trying to to figure things and people out just by watching and staying back. Like, do you feel like that's a part of you now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. That's how I became who I am right now. Um, Yeah. Because, like I said, in in high school, it was more about being aggressive. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to take people down that mm-hmm. I didn't like, but yeah. I don't have to engage with them. Mm-hmm. Especially now, when, once I got out of school, yeah. I was able to free myself from feeling like I had to engage with those people because mm-hmm. you really don't have much of a choice. Right. There's but, nowhere else to go. <laughs> right. But afterwards, uh, I definitely took the skills of observation mm-hmm. and reading people mm-hmm. And applied it to different parts of my life yeah. instead of trying to attack or, or <laughs> demoralize and break down yeah. and yeah. cause strife between two people. Why not use that same ability and gift to yeah. uplift people, That's to awesome. work in my community, yeah. to give back to people, yeah. to show love, appreciation, right. and, and just bring like-minded people together yeah. as a connector. Yeah. If I can, you know, if I can create right. war with two people, I can create can peace with two people. Be the conduit, yeah. So the same exact energy and, and, and ability to read, I just applied it in a different area. Okay. What did you What did you do after school? After high school? 
after school, unexpectedly, that's when a lot of good things started to happen for me. Okay. Um, what year did you graduate? I graduate. I graduated two years later in 2020. I was supposed to graduate 2018. Okay. And it's fun. I, I told this is kind of what I had. I shared the story at TEDx. Yeah. But um, I once again I did not like white women. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened was I met this white woman that was a, a teacher and yeah. she had this room way in the back, away from everybody mm-hmm. in silence. So it was like a catch 22. Mm-hmm. She got this quiet room where nobody is, but she's a white woman. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be in there with her, but yeah, I need but to need be in quiet. this room because yeah. I don't want to be around anybody else. So right. my game plan was to go in her room and make her angry mm. but afterwards not do anything else because if i made her angry that first time mm-hmm. what was going to happen was she was going to ignore me mm-hmm. and hope that i didn't do anything yeah. so that way i would be left alone in silence she would probably tell she people would. don't mess with him please he gonna do something that's gonna huh. he gonna flip out he gonna get yeah. angry don't say anything and i knew that the principal probably would have just told her it's not that serious. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just yeah. just letting warm up to you. So I right. once again manipulated you know, the system. Yeah. yeah. But um I, I couldn't make her angry <laughs> like I could the other white women. Mm-hmm. And what year was this? This was two thousand nineteen. Two thousand nineteen. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said I graduated two thousand twenty. We just got a new year. Nobody knows. Okay, what yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't worry my about bad, it. My bad, my bad, my bad. I still think it's the nineties. So yeah. Ben's gonna always. Okay, be I graduated two thousand and ten. Ten. Okay. Okay. So, so this, this would have been two thousand nine. Junior year then. So yeah, junior year. Junior two thousand nine. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write two thousand two on a check here so pretty soon, so you're good. Two thousand nine is when I met my teacher. Yeah. Um, and that's when. Yeah, I couldn't make her angry. Mm. And she just wouldn't give in to like all the stuff that I was doing. It's almost mm. like she was observing me as yeah. I was observing her. Yeah. So it was like this stalemate. Had anybody ever done that before? No. Huh. That was the that was, was the Was that first, the, like the weird part about it? Yeah, that like, was so that was so weird. That was the very first time that happened. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know what to do now. Right. I'd have tried to make her angry. I'd have I'd have said I'ma uh, kill myself. I'd have mm. said I'm a I done cut the music up extra loud. We ain't supposed to have music, and she let me play the music, and I just mm. was so confused. Yeah. I did not know what to do. But how can I anger her? Yeah. But um. <sighs> Probably frustrating. Yeah, but what <laughs> happened was she. One day she did get angry with me, mm-hmm. but it wasn't because of anything that I done. It was more so because she saw how gifted I was Mm -hmm. at observing and creating catastrophe in the Mm -hmm. atmosphere. Yeah. And she pretty much told me that I need to take that and apply it to different parts of my life like I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I could do it. I just need to apply myself. I just need to try harder. As much as I say I hate the school, I've been there for four years. Mm -hmm. Why are you here, Dante? Yeah. What do you want to do? with your life Mm -hmm. and I got so mad at her I was so mad at her but what happened was about two days later 
I spent those two days thinking about how I was going to ruin her life. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I was like, you are the manifestation of every single <laughs> white woman that I met in elementary school up to yep. this point. Yeah. You about to get destroyed. Right. But she was the first person that really looked me in the face and said that the way she said it. Yeah. And it done something for mm-hmm. me. It really done something for me. So me and her pretty much sat down every single day after that she helped me graduate mm. and i was i only had the credits of a, a sophomore yeah so i was able to get about two years worth of credits in oh, wow. six months after i had what did she teach she actually was i think she was she wasn't even a teacher okay she her job was to assist I think she was assistant special ed student. Okay. I, 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 yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even know. I have to ask her. Like, what were you doing? Because, like, I just found your room and I sat in it. So I don't even know what your title was. But that goes to show that regardless of a person ascribed status or title, if you develop a relationship with them, yeah. that's their title. Mm-hmm. You're the person that helped me. Yeah. You're the mentor. I don't know what your title is except for right. how much care about me and I care about you how yeah. much I love you and how much you love me yeah that's the title so would you say like everything changed after that and you said you took a couple of days to um try, yes try to and no it was like layers because you know after I, I was so used to having one-on-one interactions with people mm-hmm. that was that was the furthest I've really gotten because I didn't yeah. develop a lot of social skills until later in my life because right. throughout school I missed out on that. Yeah. Because I was yeah. defending myself from my teachers all the time. So I'm not thinking about having no friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't want any friends. I wanted to be left alone. I didn't like a lot of the kids at that time either. Were you, because, would you consider yourself a loner like through school? Did you hang out oh, with a lot of people? I, I had specific <laughs> people that I would connect with. Mm-hmm. But everybody knew me as the quiet kid. Okay. The quiet kid stayed by themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it was I had some people that I would talk to every yeah. now and then, but you don't always have the same classes as people. Right, right. So, did you get involved in stuff like sports or activities or anything like I, that? After elementary school, I stopped. Okay. I became I, I was I became very introverted mm. because I didn't like. I said a lot of things I did. I didn't like loud people yeah. because, like I said, my parents were pretty quiet. Right. So right. I didn't want to get yelled at by no coaches. Yeah. I took that serious. Yeah. I didn't want to get yelled at by my teachers. I right. took that serious too. Yeah. So and well, it, it doesn't make any sense. It don't. That's not yeah. What it, that's yeah. not what I'm like. I just didn't understand that as mm-hmm. a kid. Like, don't don't yell at me. Like, if you you hit somebody that has hit you. That that was my right. my mindset. So you only yeah. yell at somebody that has yelled, yelled at you, you or has done something yeah. worthy of being yelled at for. Right. So I'm thinking if I'm being yelled at, I'm a horrible person. Mm-hmm. I'm a horrible kid. Yeah. I'm not following directions because I love authority. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the authority was great, but right. when I was treated that way, it made me shut down. So yeah. I, I made the decision like I ain't nah. Y'all ain't yelling at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. I because I I don't know what I I did not know what I was gonna do yeah. if I had to go through yelling with the coaches, yelling with the teachers. True. I I don't like that. You can mm-hmm. just talk to me. You can yeah. look me in the face and right. say this is what I want because that's what your parents did. Exactly, and yeah. that's how I understood, and that's how I communicated. So uh, until recently, I just started to open up more mm-hmm. and. I say about the past four years. Okay. I just started to open up and share more and um, 
I guess you could say I'm still a loner, but I definitely engage far more often and I share more often than I used to as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're a baby. You only graduated in 2000. <laughs> We're the old farts in the room, Ben and I here. We're a couple of years <clears throat> away from that. We're going to um, talk about that. We're going to talk right, about right, how right, complain right, about right. how old we are. I think we complain about how old we are in every like podcast. Every, so, yes, yeah. Just curmudgeoning. Yes, yes. Curmudgeoning. Right. That's our favorite word. But right. So when you when you graduated, what was... What did you want to be? What I had you... no idea what I wanted to be because okay. at this point, all they ever tell you when you're younger is to graduate, graduate school, right. yeah, finish just, high school. Done. Just get your diploma. Um, so now I finished high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Silence. Uh, now okay. What? Uh, now what yeah. do I do? Nobody has given me anything, pointed me in the right direction. Yeah. Given me uh something to look forward to nothing that i've invested in yeah i hate it all yeah. i hated all humanity i hated yeah. my teachers i didn't i didn't have any social skills so mm-hmm. what am i supposed to do at this point in time i don't know yeah i have no idea but i started i went to uh, school afterwards mm-hmm. and that was a culture shock too mm-hmm. because Where i did went you end from up? columbus state okay so i went from being in elementary school, kindergarten, starting at an all-white school, mm-hmm. then going through all of grade school in a predominantly black schools, mm-hmm. and then going back to college, then going to college mm-hmm. and seeing a diverse atmosphere, yeah. that was scary. Mm-hmm. Because you could see all the black students over here, mm-hmm. all the white students over really? here, all the Asian students, oh yeah. But you also would see in the classroom they would all be together, Mm -hmm. and that was shocking too. But was what was most shocking for me was the fact that a lot of times when I would go into the classrooms, I would be the only black male present, Mm -hmm. like time and time and time and time and time and time again. So is that is it scary? Is it intimidating? Is it just weird? Is it at first it was, but yeah. now I I love going to places with yeah where there are no black males. Right. I I kick the door down. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah, like, absolutely. I really, I, no, I kick, absolutely. I, I kick the door down. Like, what's up? As well, you should. Hi. Yeah. Diversity time. I'm here. It's about time. Yeah, like we yeah. talk about diversity. I'm I'm. It's You're time. Let's it. get diverse. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. If, yeah. if, if if that's what we truthfully want as a, a you know, as a, as a nation, mm-hmm. as people, we have to find ways to embrace people for who they are right. and where they come from yeah. and not pay so much attention to the external barriers Absolutely. and preconceived notions yeah. that we have set up. Yes. You know, we have to break those down and sometimes we have to use ourselves and I'm I'm fully aware of what I look like. Mm-hmm. I know what I sound like. Yeah. I know what people are thinking when they first meet me. But as soon as I begin to talk, people are looking me in my eyes now. Yeah. They're not looking at. They're not looking at what I look like. They're not looking at my clothes. They're looking me dead in my eyes. Yeah. And they're getting a story from me now. Yeah. So, you have a great story to tell. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I, man, I, I don't even be knowing story to tell. But everybody all the time. has a story to tell, though, too. Oh yeah, everybody got a story, and that's I try to encourage people to always mm-hmm. tell their stories because what's, what happens is we can regurgitate rhetoric mm-hmm. that was not created by us, right. that was given to us by someone else, and we'll say, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's what I. No, that ain't no, you. That's that person. Yeah. Who are you? Right. What's your unique, specific story and details? Mm-hmm. A lot of people fail to tell that part. Or I the, tell that yeah. part all the time. Yeah. 
that's the only part I tell when it comes yeah. to me talking. I, I run my mouth a lot, but you you gonna hear me talk about where I came from, yeah. what I felt, what I've been through, my my flaws, mm-hmm. my good, my bad, my sad, my anger, my mm-hmm. frustration, my mistakes, the stupid stuff I did, but also what I think I can do to make changes and make things right. Absolutely. Very cool. So you went you went through Columbus State then, mm-hmm. got your degree from there. I'm still I have like just two more classes. Okay. To do. I've been going off and on for yeah. about a good five years now. But you've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> off and on, and that's the thing yeah. about it. Um, yeah. A lot of people like, oh man, Dante, you're doing so many great things. I'm, I I am doing great. Right. I'm I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times when you're doing great things over here. Is things that you're not accomplishing and doing over there. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like attention over here, not right. enough attention over there. Yeah. Then you shift your attention back over there, and it's but not enough attention there. over yeah. here. The delicate balance. Yeah, because I, I, I'm pretty lucky to be in a position I'm in. A lot of people go to school and get degrees to do some of the things I've been able to do already mm-hmm. without me. Right. So right. that's... Do you feel like you need a degree? Like Yes and no. Okay. Um, Me, honestly, I, I found ways to make things work for me without one. Mm-hmm. But I do know that we live in a society where a degree can solidify your name and it'll make people a lot more comfortable to really? see that. Oh, yeah. To, it it, it yeah. makes people a lot more comfortable to see that you finished your higher education. Yeah. But, you know, I'm all about, like I said, relationships is my right. thing. And right. the, a person's status when it comes to my relationship with them and what they're capable of yeah. is what helps me elevate myself. I don't right. care how many letters you got behind your name. You yeah. can still be a horrible person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. so I, I, I believe that yeah you can master a craft you can definitely get yeah. educated and you should respect a person's understanding and knowledge of anything of course yeah. but i think experience though. experience yeah experience is another thing too because um I, and this is why i say i need school mm-hmm. but um a lot of people come to me for certain things that I've experienced. Yeah. And the reason I feel like I need to go to school is because one of my biggest uh, things that I try to address is poverty mm-hmm. and the children and how yeah. we can make better environments for them. Mm-hmm. I've been able to experience and do things that have opened up my eyes mm-hmm. and I can share with people that have, you know, scientific explanations and understandings of how things right. have happened. I can share with them what's going on within the environment mm-hmm. that you just don't see. Right. Not like I said, this is when another person's rhetoric comes into play Absolutely. and you read a textbook and you say, oh, this is what yeah, happens. This is why poverty happens. Yeah, yeah, but then you go to the neighborhood and you say, wait a second, mm-hmm. this is not in a textbook. Right. That's the part. I know that part. Yeah. But when it comes to breaking down the scientific explanation and statistics and all mm-hmm. those different things, I believe that is is something that I need to be knowledgeable in. Hmm. Because the people that are in positions to make changes, people that that have um, programs and organizations, that's how they communicate. Mm-hmm. They communicate with the stats. Yeah. They communicate with the scientific explanations. Right. So, so it you're takes kind a of person. the liaison between yes. like the reality and the yes. statistician. So it, yeah. it takes a person. I feel like it takes a person like me to convey that message to them yeah. and say, "Okay, I understand." 
and I comprehend where you're coming from and why you're looking at this book from 2004, the science of the poverty mindset. Yeah. Whatever you want right. to call it. Right. But PhD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to call that right. book and, and how yeah. it changed your life, that's fine. But I challenge you to go out to that go environment. Be there. And find somebody and talk to them and see if what they say is what this book says. Absolutely. That person that they talked about in the book is not that person in the neighborhood 10 minutes away from you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely. They're right around the corner from you. They are. You don't have to go far. You don't have to read the book. You can why do you think uh, why do you think people don't like why do you think that that uh, doctor, PhD, RSVP, LQP, and he doesn't go into the doesn't go into the situation and actually see like hands on. Well, I think what happens is it's it's a like I said it's good and it's bad because I feel like sometimes people that become so invested in education mm-hmm. they remove themselves from what it is they're studying or what their expertise yeah. is in, yeah. which is interesting it kind of sounds like a contradiction it It completely does because if this is what you're studying this is what makes you an expert this makes you a a a knowledgeable person Mm -hmm. about this subject topic and experience in particular but we don't get the the people we don't get humans aren't a part of that yeah the the people that you're talking about aren't a part of it no when do we get to tell our story yeah when do we get to share what we go through when do we get a platform like you? When do we get paid like you right. do? When yeah. do we get a book? Yeah. When? When, right. when does it happen? And right. it's not that the 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 person that's become educated uh, and, and paid their dues and went to school, got an education, should be ridiculed. No. No. They but should not be ridiculed. But it or, takes the human aspect out of it. Right. So well, it, it makes you a a a, an equa- a part of an equation. It's like yeah. a, you're, you're a, a factor in an algorithm, right? Yeah. Something like that. Exactly. And it's like you said, we'll just insert this variable here, yeah. and it just this is a constant. It, it, and right. That that's exactly it's irresponsible. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, and it's not their fault, but they, a lot of people demand them to you know like i yeah. want to learn i want to know right but like i said it's two different ways it to is. experience and yeah. understand absolutely and when it comes to those people they they like to hear people speak they love to go mm-hmm. to the seminars they love to yeah. go to the conferences right so when oh, you're in high with de- your knowledge yeah and, when you're yeah. in high demand you go to sim you, you give yeah. seminars you go yeah. to conferences you're at the colleges mm-hmm. that's great ain't it, it's nothing wrong with that but guess what the person from the, the neighborhood don't have enough money to go to they the conference they no. can't go to the college and buy the ticket because the way their lives are set up they may not have transportation mm-hmm. they have kids that they have to care for yeah. and they can't get a babysitter right now or right. they got a job that demands so much of their time yeah Absolutely. you know the event, when the events happen it's when people at work. Mm-hmm. Our jobs don't give us the opportunity <laughs> yeah. to take off. Oh, please, go, go see a seminar. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, it, but right. I, I, now that I'm in the middle, I'm recognizing yeah. how a lot of these things are happening for other people because yeah. they're in a position where it can happen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very lucky to be in a position that I'm in because mm-hmm. I get to see both worlds. And yeah. as time goes on, I'm slowly making those connections and, and mm-hmm. trying to build that bridge to where oh, cool. everybody can have a better understanding 
and comprehend what's going on and what we really need to do mm-hmm. to take the next step. Being very realistic about right. that next step too. Not just saying, oh, we need to change the world. It's, it's going to take some time. Oh, yeah. It's going to take some baby, energy. Baby steps. <laughs> take some time. And yeah. we need to really yeah. pay attention to what that next step is so right. we don't have to take a step back. What is it you do now? Right now, I do a lot of speaking. Mm-hmm. I go to different places and do speaking. Uh, what do you speak on? I usually I speak on everything. Like, I think <laughs> you see right now. I can I can literally speak on anything. Yeah. If you give me a topic, I can speak on it. Yeah. But I mostly talk about the plight of young African American males mm-hmm. and what it's like growing up in poverty mm-hmm. and offering a different perspective. Yeah. A human perspective. Human perspective. <laughs> a human yeah. perspective. Yeah. Like let's let's get off our high horses for a right. second and let's be humans. Yeah. And then I also offer a different perspective, like I said, uh, of a young black male that grew mm-hmm. up in poverty, yeah. in different environments that's been around um, predominantly white people, predominantly mm-hmm. black people. What does that look like right. from my perspective? For you. Yeah. And um about I talk about children. A lot yeah. too, you know. Just what are better ways we could interact with children and be present as mentors? I'm because you are a mentor. I too. mentor a lot. Yeah, I mentor a lot. to a special little girl. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. You did your research. <laughs> you did your research. Okay. Of course I did. <laughs> but when you and I know what eighty of the same people, <laughs> like why have we not met yet? Well, okay. Yeah, well, let me find yeah, out why. Okay. So Bye. tell me about this little girl. Okay. What's, what's so interesting about her is. She was the very first kid I ever mentored. What was this through? Was it through this an organization? Was through or? The, nope, it wasn't through an organization. Okay. What happened was my teacher at Columbus State mm-hmm. was doing some stuff in the community. Okay. So one day I just went with him and he mm-hmm. introduced me to the pastor that that was at the church, mm-hmm. not too far from the school. Yeah. So we got there and actually what I did first was work with the after school program mm-hmm. that they had at the church okay. and a summer camp and the, the uh, Bible study, mm-hmm. all these different things. Yeah. So I met those kids first. Yeah. But as I stayed at the church, I recognized that the teenage boys needed something as well. So I started a teens group. Cool. And after that, most of my time and energy was devoted towards the teenage boys, mm-hmm. just period. Yeah. But yeah. I recognized as time went on that I still was mentoring this little girl Mm -hmm. and I met her before I met all the other kids. Yeah. So as recently, I was just thinking to myself, wow, this is different. I don't know Mm -hmm. too many male mentors to young girls. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this needs to be documented because it's Mm -hmm. something that you don't see too often. Right. And another thing too, I've been around children that, I thought I was going to be around for the longest time, mm-hmm. but something happened to where I'm no longer present in right. their lives. Yeah. I know some children that have been taken away by children's services, mm-hmm. some children that moved, some yeah. children whose parents didn't get along with each other. Mm-hmm. I know some children that have died. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the reality of yeah. The situation and the circumstances, and I'm saying, I, one, I think documenting our relationship can be helpful for her because later on in her life as she gets older i don't know if i'm gonna be alive yeah. i don't know if i'm if she gonna move to another state if i move mm-hmm. to another state yeah. i don't know what's gonna happen but based off those previous experiences 
I want to give her something that she can take with her as she gets older. But also telling that story. And telling that story yeah. and giving people an opportunity to see, oh, wow, this is real. You know, and like I say, once again, it comes mm-hmm. with how African-American men are perceived and not present in children's lives. I want people to see that. I'm an African-American male. She is not my daughter, but I treat her like she is. I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to brag about her. I'm going to show up to her school every single chance I get. And I also for other children. But I want people to see the compassionate Mm -hmm. side, the loving side. I don't share that too often Mm -hmm. because it's it's not that I shouldn't or I'm, I'm scared of it. It's just that I don't. Yeah. And I have to recognize that if I want people to treat young black men differently, see them differently, I gotta, I have to do some things different you have to myself. Step out of that. And yeah. you don't want to exploit anybody either, because mm-hmm. I've done a lot of things. I know a lot of people, but when it comes to work like this, these are people's personal lives. Mm-hmm. You know, with her, the yeah. young girl. Yeah. This is her personal life. Right. I don't want to exploit that. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm caring for a young girl. Yeah. Thumbs up. Pat me on the back. No, no don't, don't do that. I want you to pay attention to where I'm asking if I'm valuable enough to be her mentor. Mm-hmm. If I know what I'm doing yeah. as time goes on, as she gets older. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about young girls. Yeah. What am I supposed to say and do? I don't know. <laughs> but I am willing to learn. Yeah. And that's why I created a documentary to show the process mm-hmm. of learning from her, yeah. from, from women that I've knew in the past, mm-hmm. some of my friends, yeah. all these different women just sharing stories, mm-hmm. just giving us access to see what's going on as young girls transition into womanhood. Mm-hmm. What are some things that we don't pay attention to? What are some things that we miss? What are some things we could do better? Right. And what type of impact? can a male leave on a young girl, both positive or negative, right. if he's present in their yeah. life? What does that yeah. look like? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Did, and now, how old is she now? She is 10. She's 10? She's 10. Okay. Yeah. You still see her a lot? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we, she's um, getting older. She's getting into that scary and that, yeah, that's why part was, of life. That's why I was like, you know what? Let me document this part right now. How old was she when you did the documentary? Nine. We just, oh, started, you just we started, started last you started year. It. Okay. We started last Are year. Are you still filming pieces and parts of it? Yes. Okay. Still filming pieces and parts okay. of it. And um, as we're finishing, but, um, I definitely just want her to see herself mm-hmm. at this stage mm-hmm. because I feel like what happens, especially with young girls and women in particular, we get involved after something bad has happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after uh, abuse. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we have a, well, now a, a we can shelter. Step in and help we got a shelter yeah. for yeah. you. Yeah. Sorry, what? What happened what? before that, though? Yeah. Oh, you've gotten pregnant. We, we Here's the clinic. Whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. We could have been addressing this a while ago. Yeah. And I feel like that's unfair Mm -hmm. for us as a society to get involved with women Mm -hmm. after they become older and after things Mm -hmm. have happened to them. Once they're a victim. Once, yeah. And then then blame them for being victims. Right. Are you playing a victim card? Well, damn it, I've been victimized my whole life. I don't know what else. Right. You know, and we turned the, the word victim into such a dirty word. We have. It's a reality. It is. And nobody pays attention until Until they see what they want to see or until Mm -hmm. it's too late. And I want her to, I want the world to see a happy little girl. Mm -hmm. Not a, a, this is not a story about a victimized little Mm -hmm. girl. 
or is that is talking about some of the trials and tribulations yes yeah but yeah. it's not about a little girl that's a victim i'm not asking for sympathy mm-hmm. i'm not asking for any of that i want people to see that if you, invest, yeah, if you invest in a little girl right yeah. now that is happy that's yeah. gifted and talented and has dreams she'll transition into a grown woman that's talented and gifted mm-hmm. and has dreams it has a vision and she'll be able awesome. to do that for the next generation of kids yeah that's what this is about that's awesome yeah and people don't do that no nah, they don't and i, I mean I, and that's, especially at that phase in life and i mean that's how old my daughter is she's mm, she's 11 okay. i mean so that is know. it's yeah. a horrible time of life like yeah, it's, it's not it's, it's not easy it's socially and changes and for a male to speak into that time of life yeah. that's huge yeah. because it's creating the impact of how do i trust men when i am a little bit older and looking into into that phase of things so mm-hmm. thank you oh no problem no <laughs> please problem. thank you thank no you no problem keep doing what you're doing i'm doing my best it's scary yeah it's scary and it i can't is. imagine you know what this next generation's gonna get into with everything happening I don't even want to think about I it, mean, to be honest. I, I, I just, I say that we, we all should, whoever we're connected to, mm-hmm. whoever our friends are, our family, our children, whatever, yeah. we need to work on them and work with them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, our, our like I'm doing this documentary to educate myself as well. Yeah. So we need to take time to educate ourselves right. on uh, situations and issues that happen period mm-hmm. so we can be better prepared to help someone or to understand you know what this isn't my place right right now to, to right. say anything absolutely they got this under control yeah. i'll shut up right now you know yeah. we need to learn how to shut up oh sometime. my gosh i i absolutely agree with you so my yeah. family would absolutely agree with you <laughs> <laughs> we need to shut up sometimes so. how do you how do you put an end to a documentary like that like where do you say and this is where the sense like because mm-hmm. you I mean you're documenting life like yeah. as a where, how are you going to end it <laughs> <laughs> it's more to be 100% honest this is more so for her yeah but also giving people opportunity to see why I'm doing this for her mm-hmm. and I think the, the only way to really end it is to be honest about the reality mm-hmm. of what's going on, how mm-hmm. things are set up, right. and also letting it be known that this is not the end. Mm-hmm. This is far See, from the end, because yeah. this, this is just elementary school for her. Mm-hmm. She got to go to middle school, mm-hmm. then she got to go to high school, and she want to be a teacher. Yeah. So she's going to have to go to college, mm-hmm. and she's going to have to be around different people. So right. I'm pretty much setting her life up right yeah. now. So yeah. when people see, like, oh, she was in that documentary that mm-hmm. Dante did. Yeah. If, if, like I said, if I'm not around, when those people see her, they will recognize her, mm-hmm. and they will talk to her. Yeah. They may help her. Right. And that's what I want mm-hmm. for them. I, if, if I'm not around, I want somebody else to be able to step up and help out. Yeah. So... You know, the documentary is, is exposure for her, mm-hmm. and it's also exposing people to her yeah. to see what she's capable of at this young age. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you if you had one piece of advice that you want her to really walk away with every single time that she sees you, what is it? <laughs> Let me make it broad and confusing. Because <laughs> that's, that, you know, I, I was, I'm sure there's that, a million. But. It's so many things, but know that I I am invested in you. Hmm. 
right now. Mm-hmm. Not when somebody gives you a degree. Mm-hmm. Not when you get married. Mm-hmm. Not when you become rich and famous. Yeah. But because I love you right mm-hmm. now, because I see who you are, I see how valuable you are, how important you are, how precious you are right now at this very moment. Yeah. I'm not waiting for somebody else to say that to you hmm. to validate how I feel. Right. I feel that. Yeah. I'm not waiting for somebody else to mm-hmm. finally say you're important. Mm-hmm. So know right now that you're important to me and I will do anything to help you out, to invest in you and to give you a better future. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, you about to cry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an emotional human, Dante. Oh, my goodness. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for telling your story. Where can people watch your uh, TED Talk? Yeah. Oh, you can go to YouTube and you can look up TEDx Columbus. And it's titled Young Black Men Not Left Out Again. And Perfect. my name is Dante Woods Spikes. D O N T E. W N T E. You got it. You got it. Okay. Oh my gosh. When did you do that? Was that recently? That was a 2016. Okay. That was a 2016. It was so interesting about it is. This was one of the things that really gave me the the courage Mm -hmm. to start, you know, just kicking in the door wherever I go. Because, you know, with TEDx, big brand, Mm -hmm. everybody sees you. Everybody's like, oh, goodness, you're a TEDx speaker. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, yes, yes, I am. (laughs) But, um, like, I mean, we got invited to the place downtown. And, you know, as out when I was younger, I always rode the bus downtown. I never mm-hmm. stopped at any of the buildings. But yeah. now I'm driving. I get to stop at the buildings. I always mm-hmm. went past. And mm-hmm. so I go inside the place. I'm like, oh, my God. This looks like <laughs> a headquarters corporation. And I'm just yeah. looking around. They got food everywhere set out. The, the shish kebabs with the, with the peppers and the chicken and the <laughs> stuff you can't pronounce. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, where is I don't even know where they do them. They were can we, see how informed we were at. Well, that, <laughs> well, the actual event takes place at uh, the the Rife Center yeah. downtown. Yep. Yeah, but as we're prepping and getting everything together, it can be at different places. Okay. We were downtown. I I forgot where it was at, but it was. It was when it looked like a corporate, like a NASDAQ and, and a <laughs> oh, Dow Jones. And yeah, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know this was here. Yeah. But uh, I remember the first time we all met up and yeah. I was sitting at the table with everybody. And I love all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we, we became a family yeah. that day. But we were all sitting at the table and everybody was going around saying what they've done and, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, why they want to give the talk and mm-hmm. they were prestigious and they mm-hmm. had like well you know I, I have a, a degree in figuring out life and <laughs> I can bring back the hands of time can and you then tell the other, me what that degree is, is I, I, like I, I, think it's, I don't know but <laughs> I don't have it. I heard I just heard they all were saying these different things I'm yeah. like whoa yeah you know they so far along in life mm. they done so much in life mm. like, happy they, though they have yeah but I was di- I was I was counting myself out at that yeah moment, at that moment at that moment I was counting myself out because I started to compare everything yeah. that I've accomplished and everything right. that I've done I'm like dang am I supposed to be here you know mm-hmm. like what is my like, is my talk too far gone to, compared yeah. to what everybody else is talking mm-hmm. about 
But, but um, it's like you say, though, that everybody's story has yeah, everybody, significance. Exactly. Because so, you're going to reach somebody at a heart level that somebody else might not. Exactly. But somebody else's heart level is going to reach them. Exactly. And that's the conversation I had with myself afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because I said, you know what? I, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I was picked to be here. Yeah. Just like they were. Mm-hmm. What else is there to talk about, Dante? Right. Yeah. Get on stage yeah. and give your talk. Mm-hmm. Stop, stop that. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't ruin yourself like that. Somebody needs to hear what you have to right. say the same way somebody needs to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Right. I think a lot of people love do. it. They do. I think a lot of people do. They do, and I, I mean, I love that you have that that platform that you were able to use there, and yeah. that you continue to have these platforms because you're what you're saying is huge yeah. and impactful. So. Don't you shut up. I won't. <laughs> you got the mother finger on that one. I ain't shutting up. Keep telling I'm your story. I'm proud way. of you, kid. Thank you. I mean, we go way back, like, what, an hour now? But right, right. An hour. We became best friends we in did. an hour. And I love it. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. And oh, no Land Media. Think big.